Just thank her for the prayer today. And uh, as Noka mentioned, she actually works in the daycare. She works with my mom. My mom's the daycare manager. And uh, I really love what she said when she talked about, um, you know, she has a nursing background, but now she helps with uh, language retention and revitalization in our community. And what she maybe was conveying to me was like, you know, medicine and healing come in not just clinical applications, but in holistic ways. So Nukum is a champion of revitalizing language. And we, our nation members and our young people speak language, um, they're healing at the end of the day. So, you know, today we have a great announcement and um, it's on a surgical center, not technically a hospital, but a surgical center. And uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, day to be an Enoch Nation member, but uh, you know, this can't happen with a whole, uh, without a whole bunch of partners, uh, AHS, Surgical Centers Incorporated, our, our Ballad team, and a whole bunch of other stakeholders. And uh, forgive me if I mentioned, didn't mention a few, but the primary also partner for us is the Government of Alberta. So on behalf of the Government of Alberta, I invite uh, my friend, Premier Kenny, to come up and speak on behalf of the province. Tansi, thank you so much, Chief Warren, for welcoming us here to the Enoch First Nation and on Treaty 6 territory. And uh, thank you, Marilyn, for uh, opening us with that beautiful prayer and reflection. You're the real VIP here. And uh, that was a wonderful way for us to start a very exciting announcement that I have been uh, waiting for uh, over a year to see, but really three years. This is the culmination of a vision about how we can improve healthcare for Albertans, get people the care they need more quickly, do it more efficiently, while also supporting the uh, ambitious economic goals for development and social development here on the Enoch First Nation and in Indigenous communities across Alberta. I'm so happy to be joined by uh, Alberta's fantastic Minister for Indigenous Relations, uh, Honorable Rick Wilson, and our Minister of Health, uh, Honorable Jason Copping and the hardworking intrepid MLA for this area of Drayton Valley, Devon, Mark Smith. Um, and thank you again to everybody from Enoch and other visitors who are joining us for this exciting uh, announcement here today. Uh, today we mark a tremendous step forward in the province's effort to reduce surgical wait times and get Albertans the care they need when they need it. In the last election, uh, I committed that a our government would uh, ha launch a surgical wait times initiative in our platform that would use an innovative reform uh, by doubling the number of surgeries that we contract out to be performed in chartered surgical facilities, which are done at lower cost than in the government hospitals, meaning we can do more surgeries, meaning we can uh, reduce the surgical wait time. But on top of that, our government has invested $900 million in dedicated funds to uh, perform more surgeries. We inherited in 2019 some of the largest, uh, some of the longest surgical wait times in Canada. And of course, the COVID crisis caused uh, here and across uh, Canada and around the world the postponement of many surgeries. Uh, the good news is that we are getting on top of the COVID era surgical backlog, but we still need to uh, make major gains to reduce the pre-COVID surgical backlog. Too many Albertans are waiting for too long 
to get surgery, often in pain while their medical situation deteriorates. And if we look back to the beginning of the opioid addiction crisis in North America, much of it began with people waiting for surgery, taking sometimes addictive painkillers, um, and that too has created a public health crisis with respect to opioid addictions. That's why it is urgent that we put patients, not politics and not ideology, not special interests, but patients at the heart of the healthcare system and get them the care that they need using innovative reforms like Alberta's surgical initiative. We're already seeing some great success with this initiative, which, was re which has reduced cataract wait times in Alberta by 40%. That was the first major um, procedure that we incorporated into the Alberta Surgical Initiative and it's showing great progress. So it really is great news that today we're building on that success. I am pleased to announce that Enoch Cree Nation in partnership with Surgical Centers Incorporated is the preferred proponent to offer uh, surgeries here in the Edmonton region. Uh, while the contract is still being finalized, we anticipate that this agreement will offer uh, an additional 3,000 much-needed orthopedic surgeries here in the Edmonton region. Traditionally, chartered surgical facilities haven't performed hip and knee replacements since many patients need to stay overnight after those surgeries. But I can say that Enoch Cree Nation and Surgical Centers Incorporated have stepped forward with a very strong proposal to accommodate more complex surgeries while following the stringent standards of care that we, we expect in Alberta. This innovative reform will mean more surgeries that will reduce the wait list and get people uh, the care that they need much more quickly. I understand that it may be the first surgical facility of its kind to be built on a First Nations Reserve anywhere in Canada. And I want to give a big shout out uh, to Chief Morin uh, and his council for their vision and leadership. When Chief Morin first saw us propose the Alberta Surgical Initiative, he was all over me to say, we want to be the host and we want to demonstrate a new model of what he called sovereign health care. The idea was that First Nations um, would be a natural host for the increased capacity that we are building through surgical centers like this in partnership with the private sector. And uh, that's why we responded with $50,000 grants to six First Nations to conduct a needs assessment and develop proposals to take part in the Alberta Surgical Initiative. So uh, Chief Morin, how about we give a big round of applause to him for his leadership and vision on this. Now, Chief Moore knows very well as a good leader that it's the, the uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so when he was being held up by bureaucracy, I know you'll be shocked to hear that there's a bureaucracy at Alberta Health, um, that uh, he, was, he was contacting me, you, we need to get this deal done. Thank you, Chief, for being persistent and also a little bit patient. Um, for many residents here at Enoch Cree Nation, it will mean that they can have these surgeries performed right in their own community. And I know uh, we'll all have to be a bit patient while construction happens, but the doors will uh, be ready to open in just a little over a year. And now, in developing Alberta's surgical initiative, we made sure to engage with First Nations communities, as I mentioned, with those grants. Uh, and Enoch's submission obtained the highest overall evaluation and offered a competitive bid 
with overall lower surgery cost and lower overnight stay rates than the competing proposals. I know that many remarkable community members are bringing their expertise into this project and they're here today, so I'd like to thank all of you for taking part in this important reform in Alberta's surgical initiative. This facility, you can see pictures behind me, will be a great benefit on so many fronts, a win, win, win. It will be a win for patients waiting for too long for orthopedic surgery. It will be a win for other patients waiting for surgeries because the more orthopedic surgeries we can perform in chartered facilities like this, the more beds will open up for more complex surgeries in our hospitals. That's a win for our um, medical staff and our healthcare workers who want to treat people within clinically accepted timelines. And it's a win for the First Nation here, demonstrating being a partner in prosperity uh, by uh, welcoming this initiative. This will further increase the number of surgeries performed in Alberta overall. And I'm proud of this partnership to bring positive change I'm looking forward to, to visiting Enoch Sovereign Medical Campus once construction is complete and it's ready to receive patients. I hope this will be the first of many more opportunities to collaborate together on great projects like this. And with that, I will invite Minister Copping to add some more details. Thank you, Premier, and good morning, everyone. Chief Moran, thank you so much for hosting us here on your land as we mark this important day together. And uh, Marilyn, thank you so much for sharing your, a bit of your story and, uh, and for your, your kind prayer. Friends, I'm, I'm honored to announce that Enoch Cree Nation, in partnership with Surgical Centers Incorporated, will be a partner in our priority work to improve Alberta's surgical system. Just over a month ago, I spoke to all of you about how we're moving forward to keep our promise to make Alberta's surgical system the best it can be, and to give every patient their scheduled surgery within wait times recommended by medical experts. That announcement focused on more cataract surgeries and other eye procedures at chartered surgical facilities, a 25% increase in the number of procedures. And today, we're here to take another step, a new agreement with the Enoch Cree Nation and surgical centers to provide more hip and knee replacements 17% more than currently done in the Edmonton zone. This project is a step forward for our health system and for all Albertans. It's a step forward for Enoch Cree Nation, and it's a step forward for the honorable partnership between the nation and the government of Alberta. I want to again thank Chief Moran personally for his leadership, his perseverance, and, and yes, for your patience. And the bottom line is people are waiting far too long for hip and knee replacements. We need to do a lot more of them, and this is going to help us get it done. Right now, there's about 22,900 patients are waiting for orthopedic surgeries. That includes 8,000 who need new knees, 4,000 who need new hips. And around 60% of them are waiting far too long. 57% of the patients who need hips are beyond the six-month target, and 65% of patients who need new knees. The wait for hip or knee replacements is a problem right across our country, and it has been for many years. We needed to do a better job long before the pandemic, and that's why we campaigned on reducing the wait times in 2019, as the, as the Premier demonstrated in our platform. But then COVID-19 came, and it made the problem much worse in Alberta and in every other province across our country. It's, har it's hard to overstate just how, how much disruption it caused 
In fact, tomorrow, Kaihai is going to give us a look at it with their annual stats on hips and knees for 2020 and 2021. The details are, un are under embargo, but here's a simple point. Volumes and of hips and knees in that year, 2020-21, range from zero in some months to 120% and 130% normal in other months. This disruption was enormous right across the country. Alberta actually did a little better than the average with a lower overall drop in volume and a stronger recovery, but the fact is COVID-19 put the health system through the ringer, including patients waiting for hips and knees. So we need to get the system back to normal, and I'm glad to see we're almost there. AHS is doing near normal volumes of surgery overall, about 95% of the normal level, and the wait list is down below 71,000 compared to 68,000 before COVID and a peak of nearly 82,000 last fall. But the normal we had before COVID was never good enough. People were waiting far too long for hips and knees before the pandemic, and they're waiting even longer now. So we're going to fix it. We're going to fund more surgeries than ever before COVID, and we're going to drive the wait times lower than before COVID. In fact, they're lower than they've been in decades in Alberta or anywhere in any other province. That's our target, and we're going to get there. We're going to fund those surgeries in hospitals and in chartered surgical facilities like the one you see behind us. Now, as I said before, whether a surgery takes place in a hospital or a chartered surgical facility, it's publicly funded healthcare. The difference is a CSF can be more convenient for patients uh, and more efficient. In fact, the cost is about 20% lower for both these orthopedic procedures than in a hospital. And I'm not sure whether you made a call and you're going to charge parking or not, but I know they charge parking in the, at the hospitals, which is, is a complaint I hear from time to time. Now, now, funding more surgeries in specialized community clinics frees up the space in hospitals to do more complex surgeries. And we're expanding and adding operating rooms in hospitals in Calgary, Edmonton, Edson, Grand Prairie, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and Rocky Mountain House. Budget 2022 provides $133 million over three years to do just that. And today's announcement builds on the success we've had in cataracts, and we're going to keep on building. AHS will put out RFPs for more surgeries, including expanding hips and knees beyond uh, Edmonton and Calgary. And in the short term, while the partners build the new clinic, we'll look at every option to drive volumes up and wait times down for patients waiting in, in Edmonton and in the north, as well as across the province. And that may include contracting more procedures from the two clinics in Edmonton that do some orthopedic base procedures under contract today. And of course, AHS will keep driving volumes in hospitals up as fast as they can. They're still under pressure from the current wave of Omicron, but as it recedes, they'll be able to put more staff back into the ORs and we'll support them in extending hours and any other option that's feasible for them. We'll also press ahead with the work we're doing to improve the overall surgical system and make it more efficient with advice from our new dedicated surgical recovery lead. That includes things like streamlining referrals and looking at new rapid assessment models to avoid bottlenecks and make sure we maximize volume for every surgeon and OR team, managing patients better to make sure they get alt alternate treatment if it's a better option, and focusing the booking system on patients with the longest waits. I'm very excited to see how we're gearing up the Alberta Surgical Initiative as part of our work to add capacity across the entire health system. We promised Albertans that we would strengthen the system, and we are delivering on that promise. And today, I'm honored to welcome Enoch Cree Nation as a partner in doing just that, for the good of the Enoch Cree and for the good of all Albertans. 
Thanks again to Chief Moran and everyone involved in this project, and I look forward to celebrating the opening and the first surgeries in the, hopefully the very near future. And now I turn it over to Chief Moran. Thank you. Put me on the spot. No, we're not going to charge for parking. <laughs> and Costco is just across the street. You can get the cheapest gas in the city, apparently. Well, again, just, uh, you know, Minister, thank you, Premier, uh, honored guests. And Muskegsi um, Ochi, Muskegsi, you know, there's Muskegsi Trail. Uh, we are Enoch Nation, but our, our traditional name is Muskegsi Land of Medicines. And uh, I've said this before, it, it, it almost feels like, you know, in the revitalization of um, reconciliation, we're doing our own reconciliation within the nation and going back to our traditions means we're going back to traditional words and names and uh, Muskegsi land of medicines almost feels like we're meant to be in this sector leading the way. You know, pandemic status quo, the minister spoke about it, um, uh, our surgical wait time initiatives, um, everything that's going on in, in the healthcare sector and you know, I, I can't think enough. I was in the salary last week for seven hours and um, with my daughter, and she's fine, but, you know, just watching our healthcare professionals um, work their magic and, and the work that they do and the pandemic being such the challenge that they faced and they're, they're pulling through it, um, I can't give enough thanks to them at this time as well. But talking about the surgical wait time initiative and, and our project and our partnership today, it, it really hits home for a lot of us. So, you know, Chase is in the room, and our grandpa um, is in Kabotagao, Alexander First Nation right now. Um, he's in a, a seniors care, continuing care facility in another First Nation, and I thank Grand Chief, because that's Grand Chief's First Nation, uh, where he's at for taking care of our grandpa. He's, about, he's just about 80, and he's there waiting for hip surgery. He has to go there because my grandma, who's 82, can't live with him in the house because they can't take care of each other. So he's on that wait list just like a whole bunch of Albertans. So it hits home for us. You know, and I, my father-in-law, he's 82 as well, and he's from high-level Deneta, which is about 700 kilometers away. And recently he needed some surgery on his eyes as well. And, you know, my father-in-law's first language is Korean Dene. He's lived in the bush in northern Alberta all his life. And so when he has to come to the awesome facilities we have in the city of Edmonton like the U of A, it's intimidating for him. It just straight up is. And that's, that's trouble. He has trouble with accessibility, he has language barriers, and he has other immobilization issues um, that don't make that experience for him the best that it could be. Uh, he got his surgery and they treated him really well, but, you know, I was having a little bit of a debrief and like, what if you can get that on the First Nation because, you know, would it, would it make a difference? And he said, absolutely, it would. You know, we talked uh, a little bit why we're doing this. And, you know, we were reading a recent Canadian Medical Journal Association uh, report recently, and this is no surprise to everybody. Five to 11 years shorter are First Nations um, life expectancies. This specific journal article that we were reading and study was post-operative outcomes for Indigenous peoples, and to no surprise again, they are poor compared to the Canadian and Albertan average. You know, systematic review is needed according to this, this journal article. And um, that's still going to take some time, but, you know, reconciliation sometimes means, yes, we have a plan, but let's get some action done. As I'm so thankful that the government and AHS is, yes, we have a plan, we've still got lots of work to do, but we're taking action today. 
unbelievable, unprecedented, as the Premier said. There is nothing like this in the country of Canada. So my, 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 grand, my, uh, my grandfather and my father-in-law, who's 82, you know, he's doing actually well, but he's actually probably the exception to a lot of the rules, unfortunately, too, with his post-operative outcomes, where being 700 kilometers away, 800 kilometers away, he's not feeling like he's still getting that support afterwards to the best that it can be. So Sovereign Healthcare is the surgical center, but it's also the pre and the post-op. Our people, Indigenous people, need more support. So we got the building behind us. It is built completely to the standards of the College of Physicians, AHS, everything. The quality is all there. But we're not driven just by price reduction. We're driven by doing things innovatively. We're doing things by putting us on the map for the province, the country, and internationally. And the only way we're going to do that is by being the best that we can be. So we're not just talking about just the hip surgery and you're done. We're talking about giving Indigenous peoples and all Albertans the experience that they um, that they're, I wouldn't say they're lacking, but we should never be satisfied with the status quo. So, you know, when an Indigenous person from high level comes here, they're going to get a, not just a fancy building with the nice Indigenous pictures, they're going to get a new experience where they're, they're going to have a Dene person talking to them. They're going to have traditional healing and medicine right here in the First Nation that offered to them as well. And to all Albertans, quite frankly, if they want to go down that road too. So we're not just talking about two, um, when we talk about sovereign health care, we aren't talking about the politicized aspects of health care. It's not, I wouldn't be doing my job as Chief of Enoch and honoring seven generations before me for the people who signed treaty if I didn't live up to the treaty promises. And in here in Treaty 6, we have specifically the medicine chess clause. And our people interpret that as universal health care. Bottom line, today we're not talking about all the politicized stuff that people like to get into. So that aside, we feel like we're adding capacity. We feel like we're being team players. We feel like we can add to the team of AHS and the government of Alberta and the physicians and the nurses. We feel like we never had a seat at the table. And for my grandfather and my father-in-law who are 700 kilometers away, we can add to that experience. This is a long-term vision for us. This is not just one surgical center and we're done. We envision to be partners, and we already are partners with AHS. We have an MOU with them that's written in Nehiel Pamatswin. We have a relationship with them. And we don't define sovereignty as just we're doing it our way and it's the highway. We are sovereign because we have the opportunity to choose who our partners are. And our partners are AHS and the government of Alberta and the government of Canada and private sector. So I hope people don't politicize it too much because at the end of the day, what we're here to do is to live up the treaty, to live up to universal health care, to live up to seven generations ago, the ability to do our part with governments and Canadians alike. I get really, really excited. So we only have our first doctor a couple years ago and he works in Halifax because he doesn't see an opportunity for him locally to come home to serve our people here in Treaty 6. Well, you know, maybe in five, seven years, we can have a lineup of doctors um, who are Indigenous and see themselves now working in this sector because it, it wasn't that apparent to them for a long time. And it's not just about being Indigenous. At the end of the day, everybody in this room is treaty. Everybody here has treaty rights. You're all treaty people. And it's for Albertans, it's for everyday Canadians to help you as well to get a better experience, 
to reduce uh, the stress on the system, as the Premier and the Minister mentioned, for us to really come to the table and do our part and invest and take risks in the system and to make it more proper. And to me, the, do the Canadian thing, which is let's do innovation. Let's not just stand by and wait um, and talk about the issues. Let's take action. Let's take risks. And I have so many people to thank because, again, um, it's here on Enoch Cree Nation. Enoch Cree Nation owns it. But I can't do this project without treaty partners and just partners in general. So Governor of Alberta had mentioned. But uh, I call him Mushamo, Dr. Nanji, and Surgical Centers Incorporated. Um, quite frankly, came to the table, and we couldn't be here without them today. So thank you, Dr. Mo, and Dr. Mo is going to speak here in just a little while, but um, Billy has never run a surgery center before, <laughs> so we need partners. And, you know, Ballet Consulting, um, we needed help. We needed help with our RFP. We needed help with capacity and manpower. Our ECDEV team with Chase and Dar, we needed help. And uh, they came to the table as a willing partner and uh, helped us get through that intimidating AHS RFP process. But uh, we got through, and it was a fair RFP process. And uh, I'm looking at Francois like he did something bad. <laughs> he did, and it was totally the right thing to do. It, it made us earn it at the end of the day, which is really great. And you know, for doctors out there, um, I get excited for the Indigenous doctors, but whether you're Indigenous or not, you know. Our doctors, some of them are leaving, some of them are going to the States, some of them are taking international opportunities, and we do have to get rid of the status quo and give them new opportunities to live, work, innovate, treat patients, put patients first here, and provide a little bit more flexibility in how they do things, and let them be a part of the innovation. So the next person I'll call up is, is, is we can't do it without local doctors, and uh, Dr. McMullen um, I hope you speak towards how inciting this is from the doctor's perspective on working in a little bit of a new environment and how maybe that will excite us about retaining those doctors and retaining those healthcare individuals of we're doing innovative things right here in Canada, in Alberta, in Edmonton, on a First Nation, and you don't have to leave. Come be a part of the innovation and, you know, it's going to take a long time. But I truly think that healthcare sustainability is an actual thing we can achieve. And we do it by, not, uh, by thinking outside the box and by doing it with partners and doctors and getting them excited as well to be a part of this team. So thank you, and I'll invite Dr. Uh, Todd McMullen, who's uh, an advisor of ours, to speak on, his, on, on the doctor's behalf as well. Thank you very much, uh, Ogama Morin, and again, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, very excited to be here, and good morning, everyone. And I have to tell you, when I was first, in, you know, introduced to this project, it was clear to me that this was a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. As a physician and surgeon at the University of Alberta for over 15 years, I grew up in Alberta. I've, I've, uh, my entire professional career is spent in Alberta. I've seen how the cultural, the geographic, the social challenges. Uh, impact care uh, for my patients and, and, uh, and for my team members around me. And while there have been many excellent programs, I see this sovereign health initiative as truly transformative. And the Cree Nation and Chief Morin's vision for this partnership between the nation and our communities uh, surrounding the nation, I think it brings us together and I think that it'll bring out the best of our communities when we care for each other. So that's why, again, I'm very excited to be a part of this. 
Now, I think um, Chief Moran's comments about this being generational is absolutely important. I think, um, again, so many people have to come together, and I know my colleagues and, and other team members will be very excited to, to join in this, and as, the, as things roll forward, very excited, and I think it'll be a focal point for holistic care, and uh, not just for Canada, but for w the rest of the world. Now, right now, our collective goal is to focus on the surgical center that we've announced today, um, but we want to be very clear that it's a, about Albertans, remote, local, this is for the province of Alberta. And so I think that we can come together, blending the technology and the tradition, to engage all members of our community, including those that have felt previously marginalized uh, by our healthcare system. And so with that point, I'd like to introduce Dr. Mohamed Nanji of Surgical Centers Incorporated to come and uh, talk to us about the project. He's the integral uh, part of this and very excited to be working with him on this. Good afternoon. <clears throat> wasn't sure whether I should say good morning or afternoon, but it's afternoon now. Uh, thank you, Dr. McMullen, for the introduction. Uh, on behalf of Surgical Centers, it's an honor to be part of today's announcement. It is a big uh, pride and privilege for us to be uh, included in this, uh, in this concept. A very brief uh, history of Surgical Centers. I won't go into all the details. I think. Uh, very hard to fill the shoes that uh, uh, Chief Billy Morin and uh, the other uh, speakers have uh, said. So very quickly um, and very briefly, for 34 years, Surgical Centers has provided surgical care on behalf of um, regional health authorities in Western Canada, and we have conducted more than half a million surgical procedures. In Alberta, we have been a trusted partner for AHS and the president uh, before that for over 25 years. Through shared ambition, Chief Billy Morin and I brought forward the concept of Land of Medicine Surgical Center of Excellence. It was his idea. We were invited to see if we could work with them and to come to an appropriate solution. When completed, the Land of Medicines will be a comprehensive medical campus and a compelling platform for healthcare delivery with a balance of traditional and Western medicine. We are committed to true reconciliation for indigenous peoples and feel this is a powerful step forward. Through our partnerships, we hope to transform health far beyond the Muskego and Edmonton. We hope that this model will go across Alberta and across Canada and hopefully even further. Together, we hope to create places and spaces that enable communities, health leaders, learners from all backgrounds to use their experiences, strengths, and ambitions to improve health and welcome outcomes. We expect the Sovereign Land of Medicines Surgical Center to be open about this time next year. Surgical centers will manage and run this chartered surgical facility for orthopedic and hopefully other surgical specialties. Our medical team will work to the same professional standards as those of in the Alberta hospitals, 
or other Canadian hospitals with the latest equipment, technology, and medical knowledge. Together, we will continue to be a proven partner in public health care. It is, again, a privilege, and thank you, Dr. Uh, I would want to say Chief <laughs> Dr. Billy Morin or Chief <laughs> Billy Morin for this opportunity to us, and it's an honor to be here in this great announcement. And thank you, Ms., uh, Mr. Premier and the ministers. Thank you. Nate gave me an honorary Bachelor of Business Administration, so doctor just gave me an honorary doctorate. Okay. <laughs> well, that concludes our uh, announcements and uh, our comments today, but I understand we're going to be taking um, some questions from the media. So we'll do that at this time, and I'll have our speakers maybe uh, be ready to join me on stage uh, should there be a specific question for yourself as well. Okay. Thank you, Chief. Uh, I don't see any media in person. If you are here, please line up at the microphone. Go ahead. Please keep your questions uh, tight as we're pressed for time. We'll go with one question, one follow-up. Hi, I'm Sarah Comedino with Global News. I just wanted to ask, uh, with having this center, you're saying you'll be able to get more surgeries done. Uh, I think my question will be for either the Premier or the Minister. Uh, how will you be able to uh, get that retention or surgeons uh, to be in this facility so we can speed up the process and see those surgeries done? Mr. Coppin will come up. And uh, we have uh, representatives from AHS here as well, uh, Dr. Belanger. Uh, but just, just so, so you know that the, uh, the, uh, the surgical center, um, just like other chartered surgical uh, facilities, use the same surgeons that are, are in the system, right? So the, uh, uh, and then the, you know, there's a process being worked out with AHS in terms of assigning surgeons to, to, to do the surgeries. Um, part of the volume, that we anticipate an increased volume uh, and we get that in a couple of ways. Uh, one, one way is, is, you know, this surgical center light will focus solely on certain types of surgeries, orthopedic surgeries, and we'll get more efficient at it. So part of it's going to be, you know, the, the surgeons can actually get uh, more surgery done in a, in a particular day because that's all they're going to do with the turnover and, and the, the combined of, of the teams. Uh, plus, we're actually opening up the, uh, the number of surgeries, so we'll have a 17% increase uh, overall to be able to do that. And, and it's not just about more surgeries. It's about, you know, the work that we're, we're doing as part of the Alberta Surgical Initiative is, is how do we speed up the entire process. So, you know, and that's looking at... Um, ways and we're working with uh, all partners across Alberta, including the college, including the, uh, uh, the SCNs and including the, the bone and hip uh, or the bone and joint institute of, you know, looking at centralized intake, uh, centralized assessment. So surgeons are spending less time doing the assessment and more time doing surgery, which is what we actually need them to do. But uh, Dr. Belanger, do you, do you want any further uh, comments on that in terms of the uh, surgeons? Just in terms of orthopedic procedures, we know that referrals to surgeons, about 80% of, 75% of referrals actually do not need surgery. So, you know, to the point that you're taking, uh, getting a, a screening or pre-assessment uh, process is really important. You know, the, the surgeon, actually we're not short of surgeons. The surgeons are telling us that what we're short of is capacity. So this, this won't be an issue. The surgeon's allocation will be done through our clinical departments and they'll be, they'll be appointed and they'll come and do the surgery. So that's not going to be an issue. Thank you. And you have a, oh, go ahead, Premier. 
just to add something to make that uh, Dr. Belanger's point a little more explicit, we hear from a lot of surgeons they want more OR time. They want to do more surgeries. Um, obviously, they have a, a financial incentive, but they also want to get their their patients uh, to have shorter wait times. But there's limited capacity uh, in the current hospital environment. And you've got a lot of different surgeons and a lot of different patients competing for scarce OR time and space. This is part of a broader strategy to build more of that capacity. And, and uh, those surgeons will, I mean, I'm, I'm aware that we have some surgeons here who periodically fly to the United States uh, to do contract work at surgical clinics there, uh, uh, where they are able to do more procedures, uh, generate income, and then they come back and practice here. We want them just to stay here uh, and, and, and spend that time caring for Alberta patients. So I, I think this is a win-win. And do you have a follow-up? Um, my follow-up is for Chief Billy Morin. Uh, you, you were mentioning uh, just really how much of a big deal this is. Uh, I was also wondering, too, if you're hoping that this will inspire community members or other Indigenous people to pursue a, field, uh, a career in medicine, uh, or where do you see this going and in inspiring people here? We have the uh, first Indigenous CMA, Medical Association President, um, who's Indigenous now, like the first one, and that's Dr. Alika LaFontaine. We need more Alika LaFontaines. Um, last week, right near this very room, um, again, it's not just a surgical center, it's, it's a healthcare system that we want to be a part of. AHS, Covenant Health, Sovereign Healthcare, there's always going to be these interlinkages, and it's not just doctors that we need. We need nurses, we need psychiatric um, nursing, which I'm so glad to be queuing was supported recently with increased funding. It's, it's every single thing across the healthcare sector that we need. Just like any other sector, we're bringing in um, um, people from outside the province to come populate these places. But again, for Indigenous people, this is, this is our home. And again, there's systematic barriers in these areas to get Indigenous people and students into these places. And those are being knocked down by the weird people at U of A, Grant McEwen, Nate, State, all those institutions, but this takes it another step further, right on the reserve. We already do business and commerce here for many Indigenous peoples, and now they're going to get the opportunity to literally see, feel, touch, live, play, and ultimately uh, work here um, right in a surgical center and other medical facilities. So I get really excited about how uh, young people are going to be excited about this. So, you know, our, our, our event last week was for youth, 18 to 29. We had 80 Indigenous youth show up here from Treaty 6, 7, and 8 to come stay here overnight and talk about, we didn't get to do specifics on this because this was announced only today, but we were building a healthcare system and we need you guys to be inspired and they were, so now we can actually talk about specifically them working here. Thank you. Operator, can you please go to our next caller? Jaylene Skolsky, CTV. Hello, thank you so much for taking my question. My question is for the Premier. Premier, my question pertains to the policy your office released yesterday from Jamie Pytel. Why not release the full summary of Pytel's findings? You could have redacted names and ensure uh, anyone involved was kept confidential. Taxpayers paid for that report. Don't they have the right to know what the issues are at the center of this lawsuit? Yes, thank you. So uh, a summary of the report was released as we committed to, and uh, to release the full report would be to provide uh, confidential information. People who cooperated with Ms. Pytel 
uh, did so on the basis that the information they provided would be kept confidential, so we have a, a, a legal and ethical responsibility to maintain that confidence. Uh, while providing uh, her, a summary of the report and her recommendations for improving uh, the training uh, around work, workplace respect and ensuring everybody knows if they have an issue where, where and how to, uh, to report that. So appreciate uh, her work, but again, uh, we made, uh, she made an undertaking to people that she interviewed that um, the information she received from them would be uh, kept confidential. Do you have a follow-up, Sharon? I do, uh, unrelated, um, for the Premier and or the Health Minister. Um, when will Alberta move to make the second booster shot available to a wider group? We are hearing from Albertans who had their last shot last fall, as late as, as September, and now more seven, eight months without a shot. The vaccine is said to wane greatly after six months. Why throw away vaccine doses when people want that, that booster? Thank you. So uh, this is a decision that is a scientific and medical one. We await advice on that from the National and Alberta Advisory Committees on Immunization. So far, they've not provided that advice, and we certainly would not, as elected officials, improvise a, an expansion of uh, vaccine eligibility in, in, in the absence of scientific advice to do so. So uh, should uh, NACI and the Alberta Advisory Committee on Immunization and the Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Hinshaw, uh, come to the Minister with that advice, uh, we will certainly open up uh, further access to, uh, to the fourth dose. Right now, I believe it's uh, any Albertan over the age of 70, uh, Indigenous Albertans over the age of, I believe, 60, and uh, people with uh, particular um, uh, pre-existing uh, medical conditions that make them uh, immunocompromised, for example. Thank you, everyone. That's all we have time for today.